Hey, hey, y'all. We are back. Welcome to Making Lived Moves. My name is Giovanna Rosales, your host here at Making Lived Moves, and I am so excited to be here with you all. Welcome to season three. This is a very important season and a personal one for me. We will be diving deep with other mujeres to speak on their journeys of discovering an extra layer of themselves, their chronic, whether it's illnesses, disabilities, and or disorders. I do want to make a disclaimer out here. Neither our guest Victoria nor myself are medical professionals. We are just having a conversation on how we personally manage our disorders, chronic conditions, and or disabilities. Please seek medical and professional help if you do not feel well, feel well, or if you feel that you yourself have a medical condition. On today's show, we are going to talk and touch upon ADHD con mi amiga Victoria Carrington, who is a creative director and founder of Lilac and Aspen, where she is able to amplify others' missions and values by sharing their authentic stories in creative waves. From social media content creation to graphic design to websites, Victoria is with nonprofit and grassroots organizations, over 15 years of graphic design experience, being a, vo- a local social media influencer. This educator turned entrepreneur is a powerhouse. Victoria's mission of working with other women of color to make sure they are seen, heard, and living their best business lives is fuego for real. Hola, mi amiga, and welcome to Making Leader Moves. I am so excited to have you on the show. I know I spilled the tea on who you are professionally, but I'm so, so excited to just deep dive and get into it on speaking about your journey with being diagnosed with ADHD. Um, But before diving in, let's touch on how your journey started, how it has been. Um, And I guess with the first question, it's going to be kind of like when you were growing up, how did you feel internally? Did you feel there was always something different with you? Did you have a hard time in school? What was, or was it hard to fit into the quote unquote norm? Yeah. And again, feel free to introduce yourself a little because <laughs> um, we're so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, tengo muy emocionada. Like, I'm super excited to be here as well. Like, what an honor. And like, thank you for, muchas gracias para la oportunidad. So the chance to like talk about one, like who I am as an entrepreneur, but also like to talk about ADHD. Because first off, I don't feel like it's something we talk about a lot. Um, and that's why like when I saw like what you were doing for season three, I was like, yes, like Giovanna, like, yes, yes, si vamos. Because <laughs> I always feel like too, like in our comunidad, we don't always talk about these things. And then, you know, access and advocacy, advocating for ourselves is like really important. And so like, I'm just thrilled to be here. Um, And I mean, that really like covers it. Like the intro was perfect. I mean, one of the things that I I love is that I'm a creative entrepreneur, you know, that high school art teacher that was like, you should pick a different career because your art isn't that good to be a career. Like, haha, got the last laugh now, you know, as I, (laughs) you know, I'm running this like thriving creative business where I get to use my creative skills to like uplift and amplify other people's stories and voices, but also like cheerlead and um, uplift other people as well. Like I, I have this nickname in my comunidad, like that I'm a wildfire. And I love that because I just get to kind of like set the spark for a lot of things. And, you know, we need these sparks. We need these, these spaces of change. Um, so like shifting into like ADHD, like first off, like, I growing up like so I'm from Boulder, Colorado, okay. which is a very predominantly uh, upper middle class white town in mm-hmm. the suburbs. And so like I'm Dene, I'm black and I'm Mexicana. So like I felt different anyway. <laughs> so For it sure. was always hard to kind of detect if there was anything really specifically different in terms of maybe the way that I beha- um, behave socially. But what I did start to really think about, and I've learned more about it as I've gone on this journey with ADHD because I'm I'm a late diagnosis. I just got officially diagnosed three months ago, meaning that (laughs) I've gone, you know, almost 40 years 
um, without some of the medical supports, some Mm -hmm. that are in my life now, super transformative. Mm -hmm. And so when I was a kid, like I definitely didn't necessarily have that chance. Like ADHD was something. And I think that we as society still can sometimes have those bias, right? We hear ADHD and we like close our eyes and we like have a picture of what it looks like and who it happens to. And it's usually, you know, hyper middle school white boys. And And I I literally, that's, that's what I thought about. (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like, that's not, you know, like, that's part of why I like love talking about my journey because mm-hmm. I get to like by we know representation matters and I get to like show up and be like no here's like another voice here's another picture of what it could look like but what I will say when I was a kid like first off I love school I love learning but I did notice that there were certain parts that if I wasn't interested in the subject which is really common with ADHD like if you're interested in something and it's like a special interest thing you're like yes I will like I, like I, I stayed up all night. Then the night threads dropped with all the other ADHDers who were like, "This is so cool! Like, let's have a threads party." But if it's not something I'm interested in, it's really, really hard to get motivated. It's really hard to start. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, for me, math was something I just wasn't interested in. I could do it. I just wasn't interested in it. Got it. And that's where I started to really maybe notice that something like looking back, something was different. You know, mm-hmm. my I, you know, was really fortunate enough to grow up in, in privilege and that my parents were able to pay for tutors mm-hmm. for math for certain things. But when I look back, it wasn't necessarily about like I needed the help. It's just that I was so unmotivated to do it because it wasn't interesting to me. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and I also want to give you a shout out with something that you had said in the beginning was, you know, my counselor had said, your, your artwork ain't all that girl. Like go learn the math because this ain't it. Um, I feel like a lot of women of color or people of color get those type of guidance counselors, get those type of, um, I think some other schools have different terms for them, but you're not the first person who's told me that. I know you won't be the last. And so I want to give you a shout out and I want to let all of our listeners know, you know, whether it's yourself, whether it's your children, whether it's your nieces or nephews, like just because they have the title counselor, that don't mean shit. Like they don't know you the way you know you, you know you. Um, And so I want to commend you for being like, that's cute. That's fine. That's only your opinion. I know me and I'm going to make it happen for myself and I'm going to thrive and I'll figure out how I'm going to get there. So if you get discouraged by um, a counselor, like, please don't. Um, Again, it's only an opinion. You know you, so you fight for what you want at that time. And I say at that time because who I was in college, like a senior in high school, uh, freshman college is totally different than who I am now. So please don't let anyone steer like don't let anyone take away your path and your journey and your experiences because this is your life and you are allowed to live it to the fullest and how you feel and you see fit so i just want to put that out there um absolutamente like i'm snapping <laughs> i'm doing the the 100 percent because like and i think that that's where so much of my fire like comes from of just having spent years um, hiding my art in a closet because of this person's opinion. And now mm-hmm. like, you know, like I'm, I'm shipping some of my art off to be in a gallery in another state. Um, um, can you repeat that again, just for the people in the back, please? Uh, yeah, so I'm yeah. shipping my art off to go be featured in a gallery in another state. And then I'm being paid and flown out there to speak about my art. So I just wanna say, yeah, like I, I've made it as an artist and this is just the beginning and so, you know, that journey is so key and so important. And I mean, and that's why we do these things. Like I was just talking to, I, before we were talking about the Latinas, uh, mm-hmm. these, these little BIPOC, they're tweens and they were middle school girls. And they asked me to come and talk to them about confidence. And we got to talk about how it's imperfect, right? Like yes. I've had bouts in my career where I have felt less than, or I haven't felt confident, or I've really have let the dictate, the, opinions of other people make decisions for me. But I tell you, once you reach that point that you're like, nope, I'm living for me. I'm living like my my Instagram is wild and Lee because it's a play on wild and free. My middle name is Lee. 
Love it. Because I'm living wild and free. Like I am living, you know, my truth and my happiness. And like, I don't want anybody to get in the way of that, myself included. And I want to like encourage other Latinas in that. And, you know, getting diagnosed and like kind of advocating for myself, like in shifting that, because I really had a hard time. Like they Mm -hmm. really thought I just had really bad anxiety. Right. If I could just figure out how to not be anxious, Mm -hmm. then it would solve all of my problems. And so I've gone through this journey of like, you know, talking to doctors or like having therapists be like, "Mm, you don't really fit the bill for ADHD. And then like having the therapist that I have now that was like, you check all of the boxes. Right. Right. So I just, I want to put that out there too. It's like, once you're like, this is what I need to make me happy, like fight for it, go for it, advocate for it. And you'll find your comunidad. Like that's, that's truly what I found is I found my comunidad. I found people that like saw me that, you know, support me and they're still there. So. Ah, love it. Love it. Um, so, you know, we talk about peers. We talked about how you spoke to these tweens yesterday. Um, we talked about, right, how math wasn't, it just wasn't it. It wasn't popping for you because you were very uninterested in it. What made you decide to go get tested to see what made you different from your peers, colleagues, friends, etc.? What was that point that you were like, okay, I'm done thinking that that I'm different. I'm done being told that I'm different. Like what was the chispa? What was the spark that said, all right, let, let's go get this test done at this point. Oh, the chispa. I mean, really. So as a social media um, content creator, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time on social media and I started seeing these TikToks that were just dropping about ADHD. And I was like, you know, people were really making these relatable stories. And that's one of the main reasons why I believe in the power of story. I always have as, you know, from the time of childhood and like, you know, even what I do in my business is it's, it's, you know, harnessing the power of, of an authentic, true story. So Mm -hmm. I started seeing these people on social media, share their stories and share their experiences. And I started connecting and I started relating and I started really asking myself like, so, you know, I'm still having some of these troubles. Like, So for me, one of the biggest pieces that was like, maybe I'm different is that I could not go to the grocery store. And I know that sounds so basico, like, but. I mean, they have whole memes about target runs, right? So you're like, why? where like FOMO, because I can't do the, like, I can't participate in this basic bitch life status, but (laughs) there has to be something there. Yeah. So please. Yeah, yeah. And then like I'm telling my therapist about this. Like I'm literally sitting in therapy and this was like a couple like a couple of years ago where I'm sitting in therapy and I'm talking about how I have a hard time going to the grocery store and you know uh this is like a little bit post covid and she's like just order your groceries. And then I was like, "Okay, I have a hard time ordering my groceries." And it was still a time when people were using that um the delivery and the app service really well. So like it would be like a like 2-3 days waiting. So like, I would be like, okay, cool. I'd open my fridge. I'd have no food. I'd be like, okay. And I start getting this panic. Like I got to go to the grocery store. And I was like, I I can't do that. That's so overwhelming and scary. And then I was like, cool, I'll get on the app and I'll order food. And then it was like, no, they have like two days. And then I was like, cool. So I'm just going to go eat out. But then like, I didn't really have the budget or the financial means at that moment to go constantly eat out. So then I, but then I, but I got to eat, right? Right. So I eat out, and then I'm sitting there and I'm feeling shitty about myself because I just did not go to the grocery store. I just ate out like and I'm thinking like, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Like and then they just were like, here's some anti-anxiety meds. Right. So take these meds. They're going to calm you down and they're going to mm-hmm. just help you go to the grocery store. And the same shit was still happening. I just was like calmer while it was happening. Like I just was like, mm-hmm. OK, this is cool. But I still wasn't going to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and can you walk our listeners and our viewers through that? Like, what made you feel that you couldn't go to the grocery? Like, what is that process for you? Yeah. So what I started to really understand the more that I became educated about ADHD um, is that there's a couple of things that can happen. Mm-hmm. One is that, you know, your executive function in your brain is, you know, is different. That's why they call it neurodiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the term neuro spicy because I've always felt a little spicy. I am here for the sazon. And so <laughs> I love like 
now I'm like, yeah, I'm neuro spicy, y'all. But it. it just means that my brain is going to look at a, a basical task, right? Very different than someone who might, doesn't have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, repetitive tasks are really challenging. Okay. And then to the same degree, something that might seem challenging is very easy. So for example, at the same time that I'm like, I can't go to the grocery store, I'm building websites. I'm coding websites. Like I taught myself how to code and build websites. Like just because I like, and I was like, oh, I just watched some YouTube. And like, I I totally felt like Elle Woods sometimes where, you know, that question of like, oh, you got into Harvard Law. And she's like, what? Like, it's hard. Like (laughs) that's the other side of ADHD. That's like awesome. Yeah. You know, it comes at a price. And that price was, you know, me being like, oh my gosh, how am I going to function? So first off, the executive function is, you know, is, is off. Yeah. And a lot of times you, to like rev it up, spice it up, you crave dopamine. And mm-hmm. so that's really common with like ADHD people to like chase after, you know, dopamine mm. things, things that give you dopamine, shopping, you know, good food, relationships, um, you know, these things that, I was also like, okay, well, I just dropped like 200 bucks at TJ Maxx. I feel yeah. awesome. I'm a Maxinista. This scented candle solved my problems for like 10 minutes. But now what? Like, I still didn't do my laundry. I still did not do my dishes. But I have a scented candle, y'all. Like, so <laughs> that, like those things were indicating to me that maybe I view and like think differently about the world because I had friends who would tell me opposite they'd be like oh you're you're struggling to like get your laundry done maybe like do this or do that and I was like I'm just gonna go be a maximista yeah sorry TJ Maxx I don't know if I'm allowed to say that but (laughs) thank you yeah so was it was it that was it like was that the key factor of my colleagues, my peers, the students, everyone around me can do, as you were saying, basic tasks, right? Like they have their little list, they go to the, they go to the targets, they go to the grocery stores, they're able to make it pop, like they're popping, right? Having Mm -hmm. a good time. And you're just like, this is too much for me. I can't handle that. Was that, was that the trigger for it? Yeah. And then as you were saying, you were watching influencers too. Um, Yeah. Yeah, where the real trigger was is I started getting super burnt out. And so that's like the mm-hmm. other piece. And there's this influencer that I really like on LinkedIn, um, LA Militant, mm-hmm. Middleton, who, you know, talks a lot about, um, she has a, a newsletter called Unmasked. And she talks a lot about how if you have neuro- neurodiversity, you know, ADHD, autism, you, you know, you're, you're trying to constantly function in a world that isn't designed for your brain. And so she was like starting to call out like some of these things, like, for example, a work meeting. Well, if there's no agenda, if there's no timeline, like I would get wicked anxious. Like I get wicked anxious if I don't know, like how long in this meeting is going to take, what we're going to talk about, those sort of things. Mm -hmm. But at the time I was in um, an employment situation where I didn't like I had to mask all of that because it's like I I need this job. I got to like hide all the ADHD yeah, And so I'm like sitting there and I'm trying really hard to concentrate and I'm not given the tools to focus mm. and then I'm burnt out and then I'm burnt out and I feel bad about myself and that feeling bad about myself led me to feeling so bad about myself that I had suicidal thoughts. Right. You know, between all the anxiety, the stress, like, you know, like the constant beating myself up because I'm like, why am I making these decisions? Like, why am I still spending all this money that I don't have? And then I have to go to work and then I'm like forcing myself into this box. And like I would come home, Yavana, every Friday night for months and just lay in my bed under my weighted blanket and cry Mm -hmm. and just not want to live. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's when I like finally started advocating for myself even harder that's when the wildfire the spark like kicked in like mountain cat energy was like going to my doctor going to my therapist and saying i don't think me just being on this treatment that i've been on for almost two years for depression and anxiety is working Mm. something is missing and y'all need to find it because i'm literally dying 
Yeah. I mean, suicidal ideation, right? Like that, that, like you said, like that was one of your triggers. That was one of your like super warnings of that I'm not here. And, and I feel like that seems to be the common thread within this season, um, season three of just talking about whether it's the disorders, the chronic illnesses or the disabilities is the resilience of having to fight and advocate for yourself. Um, I just had a guest on, she talked about how she, she, seven years, it took seven years to be diagnosed, you know, with me and, and I, and I'm going to have an episode talking about my journey. It took me 20 years to get diagnosed. And so the fact that you were resilient enough, brave enough, had the chispa, right. Had the spark, the wildfire to be like, y'all aren't getting this shit right. And I need you to get your shit together because the ideation is going to become attempts very soon. Yeah. Um, so I applaud you for that. I applaud you for, for knowing that you deserved better and loving yourself enough and being like, this is tough as shit. It's actually hell, but I deserve to be here and I deserve to find a solution to what I have. And in order to get to that solution, I need to get a diagnosis first and the correct one. I know it's not anxiety. I know it's not depression. It's, it's, it's more, it's more. And so let's, let's all work as a team and figure this shit out, therapist and doctor. Um, so I love you for that. And I, you for that. And I just want our listeners to know that, you know, if you're in the process of this, or you're just starting off on your journey, like, please do not rely on the first or even like the second, you know, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a therapist, whether it's just talking to your colleagues, like sometimes it does take years. Again, mine took 20, someone else's Mm -hmm. took seven, yours took two. It just, it's no timeline, but like, and I say this a lot, you know, you, you know, Mm -hmm. your body, you know, your brain, you know, when you're good, you know, when you're, when you're not so good. Um, and so just having that strength is, is, is amazing. And I love that for you. And, and I just want to give all of our listeners and our viewers courage to not give up hope and fight for yourself because you deserve to be here and you deserve to be happy. Um, and, and yeah, and like just finding great support groups um, and, and, and great doctors and therapists along the way is amazing. Um, so now that we know, right, that you have ADHD, right? So after the two years, you come they come to the diagnosis you're like yep that sounds about right um in the meantime you're having this like business that's thriving and you know as an entrepreneur not only are you your zone of genius which is social media and websites and coding it's everything else in between right it's the accountant it's the hr it's (laughs) go on and on we can go on and on and that is exhausting, right? That alone itself creates burnout. But what I want to know is how do you navigate your ADHD with being a thriving business owner? How does that look for you? You ask for help and let go of judgments, which I'm still practicing. Like, this is like, don't like, I'm not up here. Like I haven't figured out. This is me just being like, uh, that's the advice. And I constantly have to remind myself to take my own advice sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, and I just, I like want to back up and give that super shout out too. That's one of the reasons why I love social media and why I've, I've, I've become so vulnerable and shared so much of myself on it is because I found it saved my life because I started, you know, my best friend would send me these, these like Instagram reels and be like, this is what you need to tell your doctor. These are the things happening to you. And so once I got that diagnosis and, you know, my therapist, my therapist was converted well before my medical doctor, which is like a whole thing in itself. Like Mm -hmm. I, and I have, you know, some, some feelings about that in the sense of like one, you know, as a woman of color um, and, you know, ADHD is just one of the many strings of like, you know, I have endometriosis, I've gone through Lyme. And like there had been so many times in my past, like when I finally got treated for Lyme, I was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So like they let it go so long that I was literally, you know, being crippled. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say that super loud for like the women of color in the back, because we know that some of us or like many women of color die before they get some of the correct diagnosis. And that's a problem. And we need to continue to advocate and change that. That, Because 
you know, I shouldn't have to spend months trying to convince my doctor as I'm suicidal, as I'm like in crippling anxiety that I can't function to help maybe try put me on a different med that could change my life. Because that same woman, like I can tell you, I have not, I have not thought about suicide once since I have started my ADHD meds. Wow. Two, I go to the grocery store now. Like I just like, and that's, and they talked about that. They were like, really like, we're concerned to put you on like Adderall because you know, and I'm like, no, I don't know. What do you mean? Exactly. And I'm exactly. like, listen, I'm not here to try to find Adderall to like stay up all night and do like college party things. I'm literally here so I can go to the damn grocery store so I can do my bicycle bitch things and like live. Yeah. And and I was like, I remember looking at my doctor and I was like, listen, if I really wanted Adderall, you think I'd be sitting here in your office, like trying to like fill out these paperwork that I don't like paperwork, like to, 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 to like get this help. And that's why, like, I really, really want to push, like, like fight, like get your community, get your, like, I had my, you know, my best friend, like, I, like, I swear, like, if I, I was like, Hey, can you come hold a sign up like outside my doctor's office and be like, give this girl meds? Like she would yeah. like the community is so important because we hear these stories of like women of color, like dying from childbirth complications, mm -hmm. dying from these, these things, suffering in silence. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm so grateful that I was able to share with some people what was going on and they weren't, they didn't let me be alone. Yeah. And so that's why, like, first off, Giovanna, gracias for having mm -hmm. and bringing these these topics to life, because for us as Latinas, like, it really can be a life or death situation for maybe somebody else. It's like, oh, that's cute. You have ADHD. It's like, no, like, if I didn't get that support, I I might not have made it. Yeah. So I just want to like mic drop that for a second oh. before I talk about the like um no no and I appreciate it and and that's like and that's something else like I'm really glad that, that you raised awareness to that because it's fucked up. The doctor was the one who diagnosed you, right? Like obviously with your help, with your aid, with the guidance of your therapist, and like you being like, no, like this isn't working. But then when they finally give you the right diagnosis, it's like, but wait a minute, you're a woman and you're a woman of color we don't know if we should give you Adderall. Like how many people do we know that, that are just, I mean, I know, I know a few, right. That are just like, Oh yeah. We just go online or like it's being, it's being mailed to us or it's being hand delivered. And then all of a sudden the person who actually needs it in order to function, like you were saying, you probably wouldn't even be here with us if it wasn't for you fighting. How fucked up is that? But giving us hope and being like, you know what, y'all? Listen, you know what, listeners? Like, fight until you fucking get your meds. Uh, <laughs> and until you get the correct meds. Because the first time you fought, they didn't give you the correct meds, right? I mean, they gave you meds, they gave yeah. you the antidepressants and then um, the anxiety pills. But that's not what you needed. What you needed was Adderall. And all of a sudden, these doctors are like, but do you though? Um, and it goes back to, and, and we know it statistically, women of color can tolerate pain, right? Or women of color, they just don't know what the hell they're talking about because están locas, right? Like they don't, mm, they don't need that. They're yeah. good. They're strong. They can handle pain. No, it's so much more than that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we, again, it's, we are worthy of care. We are worthy to be here. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm really excited that you, again, that you shouted yourself out and literally told the doctor like, Bro, at this point, if I'm not here, it's gonna be because of you. So, give me the Adderall now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I love that because, like, yeah, you're right. A lot of times, we're especially as Latinas, we're being muy dramaticas. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, and really, it's like no. And like, I I really appreciate like my my therapist at that time. My therapist was like, because my therapist is a behavioral therapist. Like, she's mm -hmm. not somebody who can necessarily give meds. She was like, I, I'm writing letters. Like, she was like, I'm writing letters because like. I study this. I've, I've, I've been your therapist for years. Like, yeah, you just need the meds. And then I remember like going back a month later and telling that same doctor after they reluctantly, hesitantly were like, I guess we'll try the meds. Like, we're going to like watch you like a hawk and make sure you're okay. And I was like, I went to the grocery store on a Sunday and I cried in there. Cause I said, I feel normal. Mm. For the first time, I feel normal. And I said, that's all I was really trying to do is, like, get a base because mm -hmm. I have been – I'm really proud of myself in that I've been successful 
-hmm. in spite of being undiagnosed all these years, but like, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And so kind of like connecting to the question of like how to run a successful business is like one, now I have this base, but two, I can now ask for help and not make judgments. And I can kind of explore what it looks like for me. Like my um, home studio, like my home office, like I have all these like paper and like sticky notes and it looks like really wild, but like, that's how I make my to-do lists. I have like, you know, a number of different apps. I finally just got on like one calendar. Um, And I think asking for help and like, you know, knowing so with ADHD, there's this like term that I learned from, you know, the social media and I really loved it. I stuck to it of like, it's a goblin task, which is just like, it's that gross task that you're just like, oh no. Like, I just think of like Cochina, like, you know, he's like a <laughs> or something that you're just like, oh no. Um, yeah. And so like a goblin task is just something that is just really hard to do. You don't want to do it. You will absolutely put it off. And so like, you absolutely have to do it. Like for me, it's the dishes. For me, it's laundry. Mm. Um, you know, and like, we have to do these things, like taking yeah. care of your home is, is a part and like having a nice, warm, clean space is, mm-hmm. is, is, is something we all deserve. And so I remember um, the first time that I hired out a fold and wash service and my mm-hmm. mommy was like, what? Because that's the other piece, right? Like yeah. as Latinas, like we were not taught that we do this. Like so many of we us. do it like, all. Are you like, what? You're asking what? <laughs> No, especially yeah, when it comes to household out. things like what? No, you don't have somebody else clean your house. Like, you know, yeah. like yeah, you you clean your house so your mom can come in, expect inspect it and then talk mad shit. But like, right. side, <laughs> like side shit. Right. Yeah. It's not direct. So indirect. Right? right. It's indirect shit talking. Um, right. Yeah, like, oh, you you don't want that? You want a service to do that? Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I have, like, and I have a clean lady. I have a lady that comes and cleans my house, you know. Love it. Like, Love it. Like, but I was, um, and, you know, it's actually, you know, she's, she's my bestie. And, and, you know, we were talking this morning about it. And something I realized is that having those services, mm-hmm aren't like bougie they're not luxury they're not me trying to be like oh look at how extra I'm being they're part of my self-care and my maintenance Mm -hmm. because and it was so hard to ask for the help one of course and then two to believe that I deserved the help because like Mm -hmm. think of our think of our you know our familia you know like our vibe like you know like I didn't come all this way or like you know travel and go through all I did like you know, we work hard, we work muy duros, like, yeah. and so... Be orgullosa of your home, right? And, and and to be orgullosa means that you have to do it, right? <laughs> quote, unquote, you have to do it. Uh, but we, no, no, that's not at all what it means. Right? And yeah. so much of that anxiety and that depression, you know, so much of the anxiety is this paralysis of just like, oh my gosh, my brain is so overstimulated with mm-hmm. how am I going to do all these things? And then it takes so much energy to do these goblin, basic, boring tasks mm-hmm. that, you know, other people like can do without the extra thought. And then I'm really burnt out and I'm really tired. And then I start to feel overwhelmed and hopeless. And then that leads me to that like cycle of the depression and the anxiety. And so it's to me, you know, having somebody come and help clean my house having, you know, somebody do my laundry, which is really great. Cause like, then it's not like on my floor, which I, when I started to talk to my mommy about my diagnosis, what I loved and, and something too important to know is that I love that she was like, yeah, I always knew something was there, Miha, but I just didn't know what. And like, I didn't come at it from a way of like, oh my gosh, like, how did you, I, I realized that so much for our comunidad, like, and especially like, as we talk about, you know, accessibility with care like sometimes it's hard for our families to know the questions or ask the right questions or to feel mm-hmm. like they'll be supported if they ask that right because mm-hmm. like, like sometimes like think about how much judgment I got in just being like I need these meds like and I was just picturing my mommy back in the day you know maybe being afraid that they would try to take me away from her or something oh, which sounds like so like what? But then you also realize that is the truth for our comunidad. 
And so that is very, that is very true. Trust me. Um, in my family, we've had that scare too of like, should we get into Los Doctores? Because DCFS can come, can come real quick. Um, and, and, and again, right. That's fucked up that we have to think like that. But your mom at that point did the best 100%. that she thought she, she could do with the, with the knowledge that she had at that time. So, and I commend you for not being like, mom, go me. Like, you know, like being upset with her, but coming more from a loving and compassionate point of view and just telling her like, girl, at the end of the day, you have my back. I love you. You, you yeah. did the best that you could. And that's kind of, you know, a lot, like a lot of us are going through that with our parents, right? It's like, damn, you kind of dropped the ball on something huge here, but I still love you and mm-hmm. we can move forward. And so- I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I bet you now that you have a diagnosis and now that you and your mother can openly talk about it, the relationship that you have with her is a complete 180 because now you can tell her like, mom, this is the way I function. This is the way I am setting these boundaries with her because you're also educating her and letting her know this is what works for me and this is what doesn't. Please don't take it personal. This is just how my brain works. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually getting, like, teary because my mommy is so supportive and, like, so, like, understands a lot more. And so, like, kind of, you know, looping in the cleaning thing, like, I used to never be able, like, I, I have a hard time, like, picking up my clothes. Like, my floor is, like, my closet. And when I started to talk to her about ADHD, when I started to talk to her about, like, oh, I have this, like, support of, like, going and getting my laundry done. And they, like, fold it for you, like, and all I have to do is, like, put it you know, away in the drawers. Yeah. In the drawers. Like I, you know, I'm like sitting there like crying and my mommy's crying with me and she's like, I'm so happy for you, Miha. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of that. You found something that works for you. Um, and like, and I think that that's it. Like what I realized and like what you said and, and, you know, so much and in, in our, in each generation, we have this where, you know, we're, we're wanting, and our parents want us to be better. They want us to have better lives than, than they had. And as we start to explore that and what that means, you know, they get to celebrate those things with us. And I mean, like, that's how I knew something was different. Cause when you start celebrating the fact that like, you can put your clothes away and like have a clean house and like, yeah, yeah. you know, go to the grocery store on a Sunday when everybody else is there. Like, I know that's right. Everyone's waiting for the Sunday scaries is very real. And, and you're out here dominating Sunday scaries. Like, watch out, watch out y'all. Victoria's in the house. Like that's real shit. But it also helps her problem. feel. Yeah. And not feel like she like, I, like I, she, I can really show her that she did a great job and that she did the best that she could because mm-hmm. sometimes when we have these gaps especially like in care when it comes to like mental health like you know she might not have known what was going on mm-hmm. and then might not have known how to how to help me mm-hmm. but like it's just grateful that I have the help and oh. it just takes that pressure off of her right yeah. and like we get to like be free and celebrate together and you know like mm. yeah, I get to you know, celebrate the, these, these victories and these wins, you know, and I know I, I didn't talk a ton about business stuff, but it's all the same, same thing. You know, if it's something like emails, if it's something like, you know, um, spreadsheets, like I gotta, I gotta you know, outsource that. Cause I'm like, I'm not down with spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, but that's great because you know that that's not you. You don't want to go down the rabbit hole of being overly stimulated, all of a sudden getting anxious, all of a sudden get depressed. The fact that you, so it just puts you in more of a negative spiral into the black hole. And you're like, you know what? No, I love me more. I deserve more. So I'm going to go ahead and outsource that shit so I can go ahead, be creative, be in my zone of genius, love me, do all this amazing work. And then, have someone else who's an expert take care of that shit. And like you said, you know, we're, we're so scared to ask for help or we're, you know, we're in or almost ingrated to think like we can do it all, especially como mujeres, especially mm-hmm. like women, like, Oh, we can do it all. And then, you know, and then, and then on top of that, if you're the, el- the oldest daughter or the only daughter within that immediate family, like, yo, that shit's times a thousand. Trust me. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what? 
I don't fucking want to, or like, I just can't like, that's not the way my brain works. So I, I'm like so happy for you. And I'm so ecstatic for you that you have an amazing relationship. I mean, you had an amazing relationship with your mom before you got diagnosed, but now the fact that it's, it's turned into something, it's bloomed into something even more fantastic, more marvelous, more great. It's just, uh, that fills up my heart and it fills up my cup because it can go either, either one of two ways, right? It's, it's either they're going to support it or, you know, as in my case, it it was kind of like brushed under the rug. It was, it was actually very dismissed. (laughs) Um, in the beginning we've come a long way. Um, it's, it's fine now, but I'm glad that you were able to have an amazing experience. So you talk to us about what you have to do, right? Like you outsource your spreadsheets, you outsource your cleaning services, you have different sticky notes around. Are there any other tips and tricks that you might be able to give our listeners, um, who either know that they're diagnosed with ADHD or think, or might be on the road of like, Hey, this sounds kind of like who I am. Um, I may not have the means or the funds right now to outsource things. Um, like I said, I know you talked about sticky notes that you can do that mm-hmm. isn't outsourced. Is there anything else that you do personally that isn't outsourced that might be able to help our listeners and viewers? Yeah, absolutely. And, oh, and then again, just super disclaimer, this is just us talking. Yep. This is not medical or professional advice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This is just two mujeres having a conversation on ADHD. Claro, claro. Well, and I think that in that mm-hmm. lens part of it is finding like what is going to work for you what feels mm-hmm. good because that's like the you know the overall disclaimer is that what works for maybe one adhd person or neurospicy person might not work for another neurospicy person mm-hmm. um because that's the whole point of the neurospiciness that you know, it celebrates all the different ways and perspectives that our brains can work, which is really mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, so as far as like things that I found, like first off, explore, find what works for you, find the system that works for you. That's like the biggest, you know, suggestion advice that I can give. And then, and I know you mentioned it in another podcast because I low-key listened to some of your podcasts before, <laughs> is rest is resistance. Oh. And I think that that is so key is I, I bake it into my schedule because what I was talking about before, like these 40 hour work weeks, like nonstop, like constantly. And then by Friday, I'm just like burned out. And so mm-hmm. I learned from that, that especially as an entrepreneur, like I can make my own schedule. So I bake in rest days. Like I bake in days in my schedule where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to socially interact with people today because I can't, because I need to charge that battery or, I, you know, if I know, like, usually I, I have, like, I also, like, do fun. I love alliteration. It's totally the the communications marketer in me. Um, but uh, I'll have, like, Mountain Cat Mondays. And so my Mondays are days that, like, I'm hitting the week hard. I'm doing all of these things. But I also tend to take Tuesday mornings as light oh. to balance that. So I have to look at my schedule and say, what what's going on here? Or if I'm planning my calendar ahead of time and, you know, I have help in that, you know, I've had help kind of converting it all to one calendar that I get the picture and I can say to myself, oh, I have a social event. Maybe I'm not going to be able to be my unmasked self. I might have to, you know, be more focused, which takes a lot of energy. So I need to make sure that I'm planning rest days after this. Um, that's, that's, I love that. That's <laughs> no, you know what? That's actually genius almost because again, right. In, in, in our culture in the Western culture, and then again, being when I'm ahead, like it, you always got to be productive. And if you're not resting, what are you doing? Like, right? you're lazy. Um, get, get up. Right. Like, and, and, and I know that this is like a very Latino saying is like, there's always something to clean. Right? Grab the mop. There's always something to clean. But no, like you, like we, and and uh, the reason why I say rest is resistance is because I read the book "Rest is Resistance Manifesto" by Trisha Hersey. Um, there's so much power in that, mm-hmm. and we don't realize how much power there is in rest. That's when you are able to recharge your battery. Mm-hmm. That is when you are able to regain your energy. That is when, you know, whether it's just laying down and closing your eyes, taking a nap, 
being intentional with our cup of tea and really taking in those like whether it's 15 minutes whether it's 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 an hour nap it's being able to find yourself be grounded and in that foundation comes different ideas comes the creativeness right the juices that start flowing because you've taken the time to literally chill the f out and not have that task list that well at least for me it runs in my mind every day right yep. like i'm like oh i'm not gonna write what i need to do down but yet i because i have it already <laughs> in here right. so i'm always checking 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 but when you do take the time to rest it's like oh wait i have this idea or oh wait you know what i have this idea i'm gonna change it into this or i know how i can make this idea even better and yep. i really do agree with you when it comes to the power of rest the power of and then the rest is really just the power of grounding um, and coming back to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I read that book as well. And like resting, you know, and that's why I have the sticky notes. Part of the sticky notes is, is because exactly what you said, like I'll have a list in my mind and I'm going and sometimes I just have little blocks of sticky notes. I have one, you know, near my bedside table. I have one, I have them in different places in my house, in the kitchen, because then I can like get that idea out and mm -hmm. then it's not taking up that space. And then it's giving me the permission and mm -hmm. the space to like, okay, when I rest, I, I need to. So um, also because ADHD um, involves a lot of sensory um, mm -hmm. pieces, I have what's called, I call it headphone time. Um, I have these like big pink, like headphones, like it's, I love pink, like Barbie movie was my vibe. Um, yes. But it's really when I put those on, I'm I'm saying and signaling to my body like we are resting. You know, um, sometimes I'll even have to like put on if I'm resting during the day, you know, I'll put on um, an eye mask or something. Mm. And I'm just like getting into a sense of se sensory deprivation and saying you can rest, you know, and sometimes and that's I also like the fact that rest doesn't always look the same. Sometimes I am laying down other times it's I'm doing headphone time yes. and it's me just being like, I, I probably have Carol G or Beyonce somewhere in there bopping. And it's just, I like, don't, don't talk to me. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to do anything. I just get to simply be in this mm -hmm. moment. And I, I love that. that that is one of the huge biggest tools that I have to use for my, you know, for my ADHD scheduling. You know, I do have an app um, uh, that is a visual timer which is really great because like time is like a, a weird construct with ADHD because like, you know, it could take me like five hours or it could take me like five weeks. I don't know. It just depends on. Or five minutes. Right? Or five like, minutes. Yeah. I have a girlfriend who can like same thing. Right? When it comes to like laundry, she's it's it's almost like the end of the world for her. But like I asked her to, like if she can help me out with a proposal, it's done within five minutes. And I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, yes. That's, that's it. Yeah. And so, and I love that because it gently reminds me that's the other thing is I, my, my fellow neuro spicy amigos, amigues, I like amigues. That's the amigues. one that kind of like feels like everybody. Um, make sure to take care of yourself, water, food, like you deserve those breaks. And like we forget, right? And a lot of times I'll keep going and going and going because I'm hyper focused on something. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't eat today. Now I'm like feeling unbalanced. And so having some of those visual timers, not just for like tasks, but also for like, hey, take 15 minutes and eat something. Mm. Like that's a powerful have something one. to drink, right? Like it's just, it's so key because I'm guilty of it too. Like I've been major guilty of it this week. As a matter of fact, I was already thinking about the content that I'm going to post up on LinkedIn next week. And like my first, either Monday or Tuesday is going to be like, I sucked this week at eating. I've been eating at 4 p.m. And that's like my first meal. What are you, what is it ever, other than time blocking? Like, what are you doing to make sure that you get that nutrients? Um, because it's true when, when you're in the zone, you know, whether you, you know, with ADHD, whether you're hyper fixated on it, or, you know, f for me, it's like, I'm in the zone, like I'm yeah. here, right? Estoy en mi peak kind of thing. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, and then I hear my stomach growling and I'm like, no, it's okay. I have, I have the comfort cup. Like we can get through it. It's like, no, dude, like listen to your stomach. It's growling for a reason. It's not just like, oh, I'm reminding you that it's like, no, like 
get some fucking nutrients in you. Yeah. So um, I'm with you on that one. I have to be better on an individual level on trying to figure that out. So if any of the listeners or viewers have uh, other, other than like putting it on my Google calendar, cause that doesn't work for me. I still tend to be like, Oh, I can go ahead and squeeze this meeting in really quick. I don't need to take the hour lunch break. There's anything else other than a Google calendar peeps right. like, please, please, please send it to me. Um, send me your thoughts or what you do. And I am very open to all of these ideas because I, I fall into that category and I am with you. Um, okay. So we talked about tips and tricks when it came time, once you got diagnosed, um, with ADHD, was it hard to tell your comunidad about it? I know you said that your mom was super supportive. Um, your best friend was also super supportive, but was there any, um, did you have any backlash once you were diagnosed? Um, with not, not particularly to my knowledge, but I also think some of it is is my vibe and that I'm like, okay, cool. Like, this is who I am. Like, take it or leave it. Like, you know, I, I really have worked hard to ensure that the people that I surround myself with and my comunidad, like, see me, honor me, and respect me, and that I do the same for them. And, like, that's like super key. So like, even if there was any kind of backlash, cause like, I mean, sometimes it can feel like with ADHD, like, um, flujera, like, uh, perizosa, like that's, that's the word that like always comes to mind for me. Like, you know, oh, you're so lazy, but que perizosa, um, because you're not doing these things. And if anybody kind of, if, if there was that feedback from anyone in my comunidad, I was like, oh, maybe you're not a part of my comunidad. Cool. Like, I'm just going to keep you at arm's length because it's already enough work to just like simply exist as yes. a woman, as a mujer, like as a, a woman of color, like, it, yes. like as a business, like I don't have time. And I think that that was the other pieces I realized I didn't have the time and energy to justify yeah. myself or my needs to other people. Mm. if they were unwilling to hear them in the first place. Mm. That's strong. That's (laughs) Like, you know, because it was almost like going to a, you know, like I have, I'm gluten-free, like, you know, I've been gluten-free, you know, I'm from Boulder, so it just feels like that means I have to be Um, (laughs) gluten-free. Boulder equals (laughs) gluten-free. Colorado equals gluten-free. But like, it was like I'd be going to like these restaurants specifically that only had a gluten menu and then I'd be all upset and be like, well, this isn't for me. And then somebody was like, well, why do you keep going to the places that aren't for you? So I did the same thing with my community dad of like when I got diagnosed, I was like, okay, is this a place that's for me? Is this a place that's going to practice some neuro inclusivity? Mm-hmm. Is this person open to neuroinclusivity? I'm not saying that they have to have the answers. They have to like, you know, right. hold, but like just be willing to like listen or, or, or understand. And if it wasn't, then I was like, cool. That's like the gluten-filled restaurant. It's not for me. Like that's for that else. Analogy. Like that's yeah. okay, but it's not for me. And so I'm just going to go find my gluten-free utopia. I love that. I love that uh, analogy. I love that metaphor. I'm going to start using that shit. And I'm like, oh, is that, you know, and it's true. It's true, you know, because sometimes, and and I feel like everyone in in general just kind of gets stuck with it, right? Like, like, oh, like, this was my tribe. This is my comunidad. Like, this is my familia. So have to back it up no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. But if it doesn't serve you, is it really necessary to kind of keep on hanging out there and keep on hanging out with those friends or keep on hanging out at that restaurant, keep on hanging out with those specific family members if you're not getting the support um, that you need. And that's great. So speaking of support, um, your comunidad, how do they help support your journey and your experience with ADHD? How do they show up for you? Yeah. Wow. Like (laughs) I did not expect the feels like I'm in my feels, I guess. Like I just feel really grateful. And I feel welcome to making me the moves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, They, they hear me when I might say, cause a lot of like, like this is still really new for me. It's been three months. And so a lot of times if I'm learning something that I need, um, 
they hear me, they listen, they make those adjustments. So like having agendas, so like, for example, having an agenda of a meeting, even if it's a social thing, like I sometimes like I have questions. Um, it usually involves what are we going to eat? Um, and like, what's the timeline? Like, and I, and I realize that sometimes I'm asking for how long is because I'm asking because I know that I'm going to have to possibly subject myself to this, um, space where I have to kind of mask up some of my ADHD and I need to know how long I have to hold that performance until I can like, you know, kind of like, it's like, okay, I got my hair up. How long till I can let it down? But I also see that my comunidad is working to create spaces that I don't have to mask, that I can just show up as myself. Um, there's um, this really amazing, you know, uh, couple they like rented out a whole movie theater for like the Barbie movie and it was just show up as you are and like you know you got to you, they encouraged dressing up and so like we dressed up it was like so fun and just knowing that there's so many people in my comunidad that are like how can we want you here first off that's what they tell me and I think that's why I get like so nervous because like so much in, at points in my life, I heard people tell me that they didn't want me, you know, or they didn't want me at the table. So first off, my comunidad here in New Hampshire, I just have to, like, I just, sometimes I'm like pinching myself, like when I say that, when I'm like, I found a BIPOC community, I found a queer community that's like vibrant and supportive of like all the sides of me in New Hampshire. Like, I, I didn't know it was here, but it's popping. But first off, they tell me Shout that. Shout out to New Hampshire, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, yeah, like not necessarily. So yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, For sure. Apparently in New Hampshire, we have, you know, we definitely have this, this, um, this scene. But I'm also, you know, people tell me that I belong and that they want me there. And what do they need to do to help get me there? And when I heard people ask me that, Mm -hmm. like and I think that's why it is emotional in those fields because we're not I I don't know about you but I feel like you probably relate to not always feeling like people ask those questions of us oh 100 percent 100 percent 97 percent of the time <laughs> unless if it is your comunidad which brings me to my next question which is how did you find your comunidad um was it, I mean, obviously, right, you have your best friend, you have your mother, but what were, like, how, how else were you able to find, you know, this tribe that you have built for yourself? Uh, it's social media is okay. one, but it's also being, being brave mm -hmm. and vulnerable and being myself, which mm -hmm. I know is very hard. It's not always safe for us as women of color to do that. So I'm not, you know, necessarily suggesting that everybody do that. But what I found is that for me, there's a difference. There's not a big difference between acting brave and being brave. So when I would like share my stories or when I would, you know, post these, these TikToks or Instagrams and, you know, I had this job for a while where I was, you know, to travel the state and kind of find things that make New Hampshire interesting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, where are my communities of color? Where where am I going to find my people? And I would just chase those and, and just show up and be myself and be awkward and weird. And it kind of like, I love that it kind of has gone full circle because in the beginning you asked if there were things that I did differently or how did I know? And I've always struggled with social cues. Mm -hmm. um, now I understand why. Now I understand it's like the ADHD. But like one of the the things I got, and I don't know if it's just my personality, if it's ADHD or any of that, but I just sometimes would go up to somebody and I'd say, hi, I'm Victoria, you know, and I, I grew up as an only child. And so I think that I understand what it feels like to feel lonely. Mm. So that's really how I went to find people is I go up to them and say, hi, I'm Victoria. What's your name? Tell me about you, you know, and also like social cues of like, hi, I grew up as an only child with ADHD. Like, I don't necessarily know how to talk to people, but here I am. <laughs> like, like, let's do it. Is it weird? Is it awkward? It's cool because it's super weird and awkward for me, but like, hey, let's, let's go with it. And, but you know, it's the honest, it's like you were saying, it's the bravery, it's the honesty, it's the, I might know, not know how to do this correctly, but I'm still going to show up, you know, like, 
for me with this whole series. Uh, I know it's very personal to me because, right, like I myself has, has, was diagnosed with a disorder about like four months ago as well. But just like trying, like just talking to women about it, like, hi, my name is Yovana. I have PMDD and uh, I'm also an entrepreneur. So what's up? Let's chat. Uh, and it's <laughs> yeah. true. And it's true. But I think it's, um, I think after the initial like awkwardness, people just, and the right people, right? Again, the right people who are going to be part of your tribe are going to appreciate that and be like, all right, well, she just broke the ice. Like she just laid it all out on the table. What else do we have to lose here? Um, because mm -hmm. she showed up as her vulnerable self. That means I can show up as my vulnerable self and we're just going to move this connection forward and hopefully it progresses. And if not, that's okay too. And I think that's kind of something that we tend to forget. It's not everyone needs to be part of your tribe. And I like, and that includes family members um, and not everyone's going to get it. And even some of your tribe, you know, you, you have your, you have your ride or die tribe <laughs> members, and then you have your other members that, you know, they're down to support you, but they're not always going to be in the thick of it with you and that's okay you know as like i am always like if you have that one person who's ride or die you have plenty because it's really really hard to find those type of people nowadays um and then everyone else can be the support you know and then different members are for different things um mm -hmm. and, ha and can hold different types of space for you depending on where you are that mm -hmm. day that hour that minute um so so yeah that i just wanted to point that out too because i think sometimes we think like oh we're community or like well it's, and especially you know women of color like but it's my family like you know and so family's not always going to be supportive or they're not always going to understand maybe it's going to take time for them to understand maybe it's going to take time for them to be supportive in the meantime though it's very important for you to find your tribe and i as well with PMDD were, was able to find my tribe through um, social media. So yeah. through, through Instagram specifically, because girl, I'd be like, I'm in my best senora era and I can't do the TikToks. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the future, no sé, but I'm just like, I'm living my best senora life. I can handle one, um, well, LinkedIn and then like the other one is Instagram. Yes, todo. Like cannot do anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm at capacity. It's all good. Yeah. Like I actually prefer Instagram because I I too am in my senora era and I just like I'm like I mean I definitely can use you know an array of them but like Instagram is like where my home like that's where I'm like oh it feels good that's where you know when I take my like you know social media weave off I'm like okay I'm on the Instagram like you know here's what's what's up um, so, yeah. I love it um so we talked about tribe right we talked about your you know you having your support system tu comunidad are there any other resources such as books, websites, or podcasts that you um, follow that help you learn more and manage your ADHD? Yeah, I mean, um, as far as like resources um, and books, I mean, there's so much out there. Um, there's a couple podcasts that I've listened to, but it's really, once again, just like finding what resonates with you because what mm -hmm. resonates with me may not resonate with you. Mm -hmm. But the couple that like stand out that I seem to to really appreciate most is um, Unmasked, Ellie Middleton. Um, you can find them on LinkedIn. Um, then the two Instagrams, because Senora Eva is uh, ADHD alien, who okay. is an illustrator who uh, has created this like ADHD character that's an alien. And like, I just love it. It's so visually pleasing because mm -hmm. I am a creative, you know, and mm -hmm. all of these things, like not caring for my ADHD, not caring for, you know, my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical well-being all impact my creativity. Mm -hmm. So it's always nice when I, when I see their stuff, because it is this beautiful graphic novel style. It mm -hmm. just inspires me. Um, and then the last one is the psych doctor MD because um, she, has the most informative like and I love that she's a doctor with ADHD so she's almost like hey I'm literally able to talk about this from so many angles yes. and she's putting out information that because that's the other piece of sometimes you know you know viejos are like oh you can't like that's wrong information. And I'm like right. okay well like I don't want to talk about where you get your information. So but you know I love that the psych doctor MD, she's 
literally somebody who's like, I can back this up with science and I can back this up with facts. And I think that that's really important, especially um, to somebody who might be questioning Mm -hmm. um, if they have ADHD, if they need to, you know, get a further diagnosis or, you know, what's going on. Like ADHD is just one lens of neurospiciness. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of neurospicy. And like at the end of the day, we're all a little bit spicy. Mm, I, I mean, I don't necessarily mean it like ADHD mean, I just mean we're all a little spicy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all our own individuals, you know, and, and I love that. And I'm here for that. Um, having said that, Victoria, thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise and your journey and your experience, as well as resources on the Making Leader Moves Comunidad. We really appreciate you getting vulnerable, sharing your story and helping us destigmatize these physical and mental challenges that we face with our disorders, disabilities, chronic illnesses um, to the women of color community. I know you are paving the way to be comfortable with speaking on mental, on, I'm sorry, on mental and physical well-being. How can our leaders follow you and keep up contigo? Thank you. So, um, you can follow me. My um, website for my business is Lilac and Aspen. It's a nod to my two two homes, New Hampshire and Colorado. Um, LilacAspen.com. Uh, I also have an Instagram, Lilac and Aspen um, is the handle. I'm on LinkedIn, Victoria Carrington. Um, and if you really want some of the, the fun adventures of my life and the real cheese, Choose me, the real choose me. <laughs> there is uh, my personal uh, TikTok and Instagram handle of at wild and Lee, L-E-E. So. Love it, love it. Um, Victoria, mi amiga, thank you again so much for sharing tu tiempo y tu knowledge. I know we haven't met in person yet, but girl, that shit's gonna change real quick. Uh, manifesting it. Yeah. For all of those who have joined, thank you so much for listening as well as viewing. I hope you were able to receive the gems of knowledge that were dropped in today's episode. Don't forget to leave us a review, cinco estrellitas, por favor, and join the online community, Making Leader Moves on Facebook as well as Instagram. If you have a question, please send it our way to makingleadermoves at gmail.com. Gracias once again, and I will catch you on the next episodio. Abrazos, besos. Y cariño familia. Chao. Till the next one. Adiós. Muchas gracias.